The dates for the next Million Dollar Sundays are locked in. Wondering what a million bucks looks like? Every Sunday in October, America's Card Room is putting $1 million guaranteed on the table. On Sunday, October 4th, 11th, 18th, and 25th, we're bringing our famous Million Dollar Sunday, a $1 million guaranteed poker tournament with a gigantic $200,000 cash prize for first place. Don't miss out on your biggest payday yet. AmericasCardRoom.com Okay, welcome to Ask Alex, episode 62 on the OneOuter.com podcast, sponsored by AmericasCardRoom.com. If you want 27% rate back from AmericasCardRoom.com, simply sign up for your account using one of the links or banners on the OneOuter.com website. Follow us on Twitter at OneOuter.com and join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash OneOuter. This episode and all other previous episodes are on OneOuter.com website, and via iTunes for free. Just search for the One Outer Podcast. Um, if you want to send your questions in for the show for Alex, then email questions at oneouter.com or tweet or Facebook them to us, and we'll get them out. Alex, how are you today? Feeling fresh? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, better than I deserve to be. I feel I feel good, you know. I'm, uh, I'm all right. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, we Alex. Just before we were uh, started recording that, we were like, okay, we're good to go. And Alex was saying, uh, the trash man's just here. And just as he started speaking there, we heard the dude. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> as always, he's timing. Up. Yeah, perfect our timing is impeccable, man. Don't worry, the dogs are gonna start bark- barking right at the fifty-six minute mark. Uh, one of my, you know, one of my wife, oh, actually one of my wife's patients won't come walking out of here because that used to be the other problem is like a, a patient of my wife, you know, like my wife would explain like, Hey, could you, we built a separate entrance and we, she'd be like, could you go out that entrance? Right. And, uh, they, they would like just walk through my office because like my office is, is like big. You know, it's like it's a very big part of the house because I wanted a big open area. I didn't understand Costa Ricans. Costa Ricans don't understand what a home office is, I don't think, right? Like, I, I, I think it's a more traditional structure here. So it's like if you're in your, uh, you know, if you're in your uh, home, you're still available for speaking. So they'd, like, come in here or whatever. But, yeah, I just, I just rented a property, so my wife had – uh, well, like, you know, obviously they're, I rented a property and then people pay me rent. And then what, one of those is my wife's business, but yeah, I put my wife's business there. It's at a much more commercial district and I don't have the bit, I don't have the physical therapy clinic in my house anymore. It's pretty crazy. I, <laughs> I just have privacy when I play. It's wild, you know, like, oh, you're not, you're not missing all these people just like wandering past. No, nah, not really. Well, and they were, <laughs> well, it wasn't so much that it was like, um, like they would be outside the house and it would be like, my wife would need like four minutes to like get, you know, to like let them in. Right. And I, I don't know how it is in most countries, but you just wait in your car until, like, you know, they open the gates because it, it is, like, a gate. Uh, and, like, these people would just sit there and be like, hey, hey, hey. Like, you don't realize, but, like, my, my wife does physical therapy, so there's a lot of, like, kids who can't walk and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, like those people tend to be pretty polite, but there's also a lot of hypochondriacs, right, who are like super needy, right? And I mean, it, it, it's bizarre, like, you know, and then my wife, 
had like oh she didn't have a work phone for a while. She just had a uh, she she just had her personal phone. I told her that's a really stupid idea. And then she, you know, not that that was her idea, just like, that's really dumb of us to be doing. And then she was like, what do you mean? And then, and then I was like, these people are crazy, honey. Like, they're, they're never going to respect your privacy. They're just going to be writing you constantly and, like, calling you constantly. And sure enough, like, at our wedding reception, like, uh, some woman, like, wouldn't, like, leave her alone. Like, just kept calling the phone. And then finally we were, like, politely saying, like, could you not call anymore? This is her wedding reception, and she kept going. She was like, no, we were like, hey, this is a wedding reception. I'm sorry. We're going to have to talk to you tomorrow. The response back was, I feel my body weird. It's like, okay, <laughs> like I, that verbatim, that's what she said. It was in Spanish, obviously, right? Yeah. And then yeah. it was, uh, I was like, okay. And then, like, you know, I, I turned the phone on silent and put it away, and she was like, did she write again? I was like, nope, nope, she didn't. And then, you know. <laughs> But it's uh yeah it's uh it's nice yeah, to have got a place. separate separate work life. Well, I think I think it could have worked. I built it. Kind of pisses me off because I spent money on construction in my house, and I I bought this house because there's specifically a back area which I could convert into a, a an additional entryway, right? And uh, mm. I built all that in like just you know like uh it 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 was just hard like having to open the gate and like the phone would always be ringing because people the other problem here which i didn't anticipate is cell phone service is spotty at best so people would just end up calling the home phone and uh -huh. for some reason i've never understood with costa ricans is if you call and nobody answers here it is polite to just keep calling like i've seen this everywhere at hospitals at uh like uh at like movie theaters and stuff like if someone calls and like you don't answer they just call and call and call i don't know do you guys leave messages in scotland like when very rarely really because like yeah. in america you're expected well, to I, I don't anytime i phone and it's like voicemail i just hang up yeah but you call you call back in like 20 minutes right yeah yeah or you, yeah. you send them a text message they'll call like right afterward in america if you do that that means someone has died Right, like yeah. that. That's like someone died. You, you if uh -huh. somebody calls you twice in a row, so you go like run and pick up the phone. And it's like, yeah, hi. <laughs> uh, what what street was your clinic on? I can't remember. Yeah. Well, are 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 you there right now? No, I'm in the house. I just, you know, I was trying to remember. I couldn't think. It was like, okay, thank you. I'm really glad I ran from my game. But yeah, it's separate now. It's kind of cool in that building too. We got a. My friend who's a producer is, like, opening his studio, and it's, like, it's just cool to be around, you know what I mean? It's like, hey, I don't just play cards. This is uh, yeah. this is pretty cool. But, yeah, I went off on a jag, as per usual. It's cool. I'll bring you back down to earth. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's uh, talk about AmericasCardRoom.com, our sponsors. Uh, a lot of you guys know they've been running the million-dollar tournament, and they've just uh, released information that they've changed that now. It's going to be, the last ones are going to be 500k guarantees with 100k guaranteed first prize. Yes, sir. And they've halved the buy-in, I think, to $270, I think it is, isn't it? 250 plus 20. And I, I man, I don't know. I, 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 I found out I'm about this I'm this sure morning. It's 270. Uh, so what, what, what's your thoughts on that? Like, two, I mean, from speaking for myself, you know, like, recreational, I mean, I've not even really played at all in the last year, like, very, very little. Um, but 
Like, I, I was thinking, ah, oh, they, they look good. You know, it's not like crazy runners. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. Like, 8,000 players or whatever. Like, 1,500, 2,000 players when it was 500-odd buy-in. So, what's your thoughts on the reduction in the buy-in and the guarantee in terms of, I mean, 100k first prize for a 270 buy-in with, with whatever runners you're going to get. Yeah, it's still, still pretty it's nice. a decent tournament. Yeah, well, I mean, nice. obviously, I mean, let, let's be frank. You know, a lot of people are going to complain about this. They were like, I thought it was a million-dollar tournament. But, you know, like, business is business, man. They got to do what makes sense for the company. And what makes for the sense for the company, I think, actually, I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. I'm not, you know, and I'm like, Mr. I hate... Like, what I hate is flat structures. What I hate is no guarantees, you know what I mean? That, that's what drives me nuts. Like, uh, certain websites, you'll all know who I'm talking about by now, it'll be like they'll, they'll have had a tournament for four years that gets like 20000 in winnings, and the guarantee will be 5000 right? Like, that's their thing. Like, oh, God help us if one day we go below that guarantee, right? You can, yeah. ne- you can never be too careful. This is still a pretty hefty guarantee. There's still it's still five million dollars in prize pools, and yeah, hundred k for a two seventy entry is pretty sick. Like I, uh, I mean, we have to remember these are still like bigger prize pools for majors than ninety percent of what's going on online. You know, mm-hmm. this is, uh, I, I I just think it's cool. It's our site. You know, it's the site that linked up with us. Like yeah. it's 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 stuff I'm legit excited for. You know what I mean? I just love playing these turns. It drives me nuts because I'm gonna be gone this Sunday, so I can't play. But I really, I was thinking about doing it from the states. But like, ah man, when you're in the states, you probably should do something else. You know what I mean? Like if you're on quote unquote vacation. But like, yeah, it's a. I I think it's gonna be a good time, man. I mean, I love all these. Man, that whole schedule on Sunday, I just love. Like I. I used to, I used to be on Titan Poker a lot, like uh, I Poker, on my Sunday mm-hmm. sessions because they had a lot of like really soft, like, you know, fifty dollars and one hundred nine euro tournaments. Like, man, America's card room's softer, man. Like people just, they throw away buy-ins like it's nothing. Like it, it's yeah. just they they come to gamble up a bit in the regs on America's card room. This is me. Like, I, I swear to God, this isn't an advertisement. You all know how I feel about God, so I wouldn't swear if it wasn't true. Like, the like the regs on that site, like, are much worse than the regs on lots of other sites. They, they, they try a lot of the same basic tricks. And if, like, you just get any basic HUD, you're going to figure out which ones they are. And it's just, it's such a great feeling to just be like, you're running over like four recreational players and there's one guy who's like, I'm going to come out and I'm going to get you, buddy. And it's like, hey, it's that trick you tried to do. Oh, that's adorable. Like, oh, no, not going to work this time. But yeah, and, you know, it should be looking out. And we got a, uh, we, we got like free roll tournaments. Apparently these are big public affairs now. We should let people know about that. If uh, you go to the tournament tab and you go to special, say, Assassinato, Password is million five. We had a glitch last time where for some reason the password wasn't working. And thank you to all 2,000 of you who I am me asking what the password was, especially those of you who don't even follow me on Twitter and have never supported an ever on anything but are the first to show up when I give something for free. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But, like, I mean, like, you guys uh, – uh, it, most of you guys were very polite. You were just like, hey, uh, password's not working, man. Like, but a, a few of you were, uh, 
you used some words I was pretty surprised with, but it's uh, it's all good. Million five, uh, I think it's uh, yeah. Just look for that and uh, sign up, man. It's the one outer thing. Well, the um, yeah. Anyway, all right. I think we're done. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like uh, it still needs two thousand runners to get the guarantee, which, as you say, is still that's a big know, that's a, a big, big uh, that's a big tournament. yeah yeah, it's yeah a real big yeah. tournament. Yeah, yeah, I think. And I mean, if it comes under the guarantee that we know they cover, you yeah. know what I mean? That's a that I mean, I mean, there's a lot of sites that'll just cancel the tournament out right now. I don't know when that became a thing. You know what I mean? I, the back in the day, guaranteed meant like that the tournament was happening one way or another. You know, yeah. like now it's just like nah, nah, we don't feel like it. You know what I mean? That's happening everywhere, and it's like I just. Again, it's that Benny Binion old school. It's like if I told you I'm putting five million up, I'm putting five million up, right? You know, and it's like, you know, if they got to restructure in a way they think is going to be fair to them, you know, I feel that. But they, you notice they're not lowering the guarantee. That's a difference. You know what I mean? That's the difference. I really appreciate that. I think that's cool. So yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a still big ass tournaments in a hundred. I'm going to definitely play one of them. There you uh, go. So there's going to be another dead 270. <laughs> uh, I mean, you've been listening to me. You've been yeah. listening to me, young man. Don't worry. You you should be, you should be okay. Just uh, try to uh, just remember all those HUD stats. Nobody can remember. You'll be good. Yeah, that, that's it. I'll just yeah, I'll just drink loads of coffee and stuff before I go, and you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll, go, I'll, go buy, I'll buy a poodle as well. <laughs> yeah, don't forget the cheese. Yeah, that's what you get. Let them copulate. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's get into the questions then. Uh, we got one that we didn't have time for our last show, so we, right. we're going to start oh. with this one. And uh, this one is from Justin. Uh, here we go. Hey, Alex and Barry. I'm a regular listener to the podcast. Here's my question. I frequently play in a 2-5 game that allows a button straddle of up to $20. The game mostly plays from 500 to 1k stacks and quickly becomes deeper. Typically about half of the players straddle the button for the full $20. If I think I have an edge in the game, should I be straddling every hand as well or would that be negative EV? And what are some good strategies for playing against this button straddle? Love the podcast. Thanks for the great content, Justin. Uh, I think... uh it, it, as far as the straddle, one of my when I played when I played cash games, I made a, a lot of money at cash, and people thought like you must be really good at cash games, and I was like, no nah, man, I'm just like, uh, I, I was out for the money, you know, a bit of a poor background, and you know, like when I saw how much money these like, you know, sometimes like, you know, I, I I'd be living in that garage with no whatever, and then you know, no heating, no whatever, and then I'd like, you know, I go to the Microsoft Executives game, and they they'd be tossing around two thousand, three thousand dollars, and I'd be like, I gotta figure out every trick to get from this game. One of the ways you can do it is to straddle once in a while, just straddle once in a while. It's not good to ever blindly put chips out there that you don't need to do. There's a reason when I do analysis for people. Uh, the the thing we always look at is the big blind because they have to blindly put out uh, a big blind and that can be a real detriment. This is uh, four times that it sounds like. So mm -hmm. you know having to do that despite your advantageous position, uh, I, I would uh, 
you know, I really advise against doing it that often. You know, to be part of the game, I always said, like, be part of the game, you know what I mean? Have a beer, don't drink, you know, don't drink seven of them. You know, I, I don't even drink, and I'm saying that's fine. Uh, you, know, talk, you know, talk to people, straddle once in a while, but don't get too into it. And uh, one of the strategies that's really good for it is, you know, you can just squeeze a lot more from the big blind if you think you can get uh, it heads up. Specifically, if you feel like the guy on your button is just a flatting defender. There's a lot of guys that will, like, get into the 4-bet, 5-bet wars. Those guys aren't good for you because that's a pretty good defense if you're uh, squeezing a lot. The guy you want is the guy who flats a lot and then will, you know, a lot of the typical 3-bet to that, like, is, like, $70 in a cash game, right? I'll 3-bet I'll there. I'll 3-bet a lot of times to, like, 100 and C-bet like 120, and a lot of people just go, man, these are big amounts, whatever, okay, mm. I fold. You know, that's, that's whatever. And then, by the way, another trick I love to do in cash games, but I don't play cash anymore, really, so I'll give it away to it. Uh, let, have everybody do the deuce to seven game. Say, let's mm. play deuce to seven and never, never play it. Never once play deuce to seven. Never once bluff with deuce seven. But they'll think because you introduce the game, they will always think you are bluffing with deuce seven. Every <laughs> single time. It is a knit sweat dream. It's incredible. Like, it, it, that was one of my favorite things once the high six poker episodes like, came out in like 2002, uh, two, uh, 2007, 2008. So, yeah, everybody wanted to do that. Their local casino, their like 51 game is like, oh, deuce to seven. Like, I'm yeah. fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I'd always try to act like I was more. I was such a nut peddler as a kid, man. Like, I look back and I'm like, dude, I was not good at poker. Like, I don't, you know, and I was like traveling the world and stuff. And, you know, people was like, man, you must be pretty smart. And I was like, I I feel like just a dirty hustler. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, deuce is seven, screw this. Sh-. You know, <laughs> like, I'm not doing this. Like, but yeah, yeah, it was a, uh, I, don't, I don't even think people play that anymore. It was a, yeah. One of my favorite ands was Phil Homie of like dumping chips with Deuce Seven. Oh my God, the look on his face during that end. That was. <laughs> I, I can imagine the live games now, like the small stakes, will be full of people like saying, "Oh, let's play Chinese." Oh. Know, like, like there's some sort of, like you know, yeah. it all translates from what's what the high stakes are up to, and you know, yeah. props yeah. and stuff like that. And you're like, oh God. It's a, it's a, yeah, yeah, all right, I, I was going to, nope, can't say, can't say that. <laughs> so, so what are some of the other good strategies for playing against the button straddle then? There's a, you squeeze, you gotta, uh, people don't realize, like, a significant button straddle, like, if you, fl- a lot of people feel like I can flat against this pretty wide, it's still a 4x raise. Unless you're extremely deep and know your player really well, it's really going to be hard to come up from that because if you fold half the time that's two big blinds just out you know and you're gonna have to work very hard to make that up and uh a lot of people you know if you're playing against like a tight reg that's not going to give it up to you and there's a lot of these guys now like just pot controlling thick glasses headphones i'm not going to speak to anyone i hate people you know what, they're not really giving you up two big blinds as often as you'd like. Now, if it's just like, you know, the jolly fellow at the other side, you know, 
if it's a jolly fellow on the button who's splashing around ships, yeah, by all means, flat him a lot with your, like, pseudogappers and stuff like that. Uh, especially when, you know, somebody else is really likely to come along. Uh, mm. Also, be, be, uh, be careful of the back rays. If it's a live straddle, I, I don't know if he's specified. Ask yourself how likely it is. Sometimes you get, like, the 38-year-old guy, you know, hair thinning, uh, very, you know, like, basic titleist shirt or whatever. Like, he, a lot of those guys just want to play, like, solid poker, you know what I mean? And not, like, lose that much money and just have something to do where they can get away from the wife. Uh, they're, uh, like, those guys are not, like, back-raising nearly as much. But if you get, you know, like, young internet kid who seems like, you know, he's substituting ships for, like, his rapidly diminishing waistline. You want to uh, be a little more wary because, you know, you're going to hear that nasally raise a lot of the time. So, you know, just be, uh, you know, ask ask your guy and, you know, try to figure out who's really into it. And then if you think it's going to be a lot of back raising, then you should squeeze more and fold more. Yeah. And, like, I remember when I used to play live, like, some of the straddles got out of hand. You know, like, it just went right round the table uh, when people that. were in were in gambling moods and stuff and what i saw would happen is people would start you know well if it's folded to them and it's the last straddle and they've got like ace high they're just they're looking to almost get it in do you know what i mean yeah, and, like yeah. against some like so i suppose it depends on your tolerance for for risk for and pain yeah that's why well. yeah that's <laughs> why you should always play the lowest stakes you can stand it's yeah. uh you know it's a uh, it's more fun that way too Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, uh, straddle on Justin, not straddle, <laughs> not straddle on Justin, but just like you know, go on, go on, Justin, and enjoy your straddling. Uh, good luck with it, um, and if you try any of those things, let us know how how you're getting on, how the games, sort of how you're adapting to it. Um, okay, the next question, Alex, is from. Let me get the guy's name correctly. It's Aaron. And it is Aaron Lapointe or Lapointe? Lapointe. Lapointe. I don't know. Lapointe. 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 I'm, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna act like I know how to pronounce that. I have. Yeah. It, anyway, it's not. It's not Lapointe. Let me get to Lapointe, Barry. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get to Lapointe anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, Aaron Lapointe. Uh, hey guys, still loving the show. Some other podcasts I've listened to lately seem to... Why are you listening to other podcasts? Yeah, how dare you, Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've listened to lately seem to really be opening up about the idea of dream machines or real-time bots, if you will. Jason Moe talked about them on Joe Ingram's podcast. Now Full Flush has a theory he opened up about some specific players going back some time ago. Patrick Antonius openly said he can't beat the games anymore versus HUD players. And you also have the Russian bot ring scandal in PLO. So I was curious if you could comment on this. And also, with technology evolving so rapidly, what do you guys think about the future of online poker? Uh, As a side note, this refers to cash games. I haven't heard any tourney talk. But even Mike McDonald talked about losing his challenge to beat 2-5 Zoom and lost working as hard as he ever has okay um yeah um well well yeah cash games are harder than they've ever been and i i really think that's just because people are better like i i play with a typical kid these days and they know a lot more uh the bot thing 
here's the thing. Nobody wants to play if they think there's bots. I always, uh, I always say this to everybody I do business with. When we got to cut somebody off, like, and it, you got to cut a lot of people off in your life or whatever, right? And they're like, oh, man, this person's going to be destitute. And I'm like, you watch me. You mark my words. People get real smart real fast when it's their own ass on the line. Right now, you've been coddling him, and he's been slacking off. The second he's got to start paying his own rent, he's got to find his own job, he's going to figure it out really quick. And sure enough, they always do. You know, And uh, it's the same thing with the poker sites. Right now, there's not much financial incentive to them to figure out who's a bot because there's probably not that many of them. And the few that are out there, nobody really knows. So they don't really care. You know, this is one reason I like America's Carbon. It's like, if we say something, we're going to do it. And I'm sure, you know, if this gets brought up to them, they really care about it. You know what I mean? I can't say that about other sites because I've seen some of their other practices. And it's not player-centered. It's, will this cost us money or not? And that's pretty much... And if it's going to cost them money... It, they just don't really care about it as long as it's not that big of an issue. Now, if a lot of people stop wanting to play because they fear there's bots out there, they're going to get real smart real fast. And they have every tool you can imagine to detect cheating, like everything, way more than a live card room, right? And if you just find 20 players are at the exact same frequency – I mean, I remember this even in poker's infancy when I was playing tons of Syngos. Like, half the time I'd be playing, they'd, uh, uh, they'd, like, you have to enter this code right now, you know, to prove you're not a bot, right? And then yeah. phone calls, right, to make sure I was actually at my computer, you know what I mean? They're like, yeah, are you playing right now? Yeah, okay, great, you know, click. Uh, but, like... If I'd been, like, you know, if they, like, called my home phone I didn't answer, I think that would have been a problem, you know what I mean? Or, like, uh, if just repeatedly they call me and I'm nowhere to be found while supposedly I'm playing, you know, and, I mean, first time, second time makes sense, third, fourth, fifth, sixth time across, like, seven different computers in the same area and there's no answer from any of the supposed owners, right, don't know any of, do not know any of the personal questions. You know, I think uh, the, the personal information questions, I think this is going to be pretty easy to pick up on. Now, does it scare me? Yeah, it does scare me. Like, I, I don't like the idea that uh, No Limit Hold'em can be solved. I think you could create a bot that's a pretty competent No Limit Hold'em player, although it's worthy of note, like, even the best ones get beat by humans. Uh, I don't think it's ever going to be at the point where like online poker it, it, just think about it any billion dollar industry you know do you think they're going to let it go just any billion dollar industry like multi-billion dollar industry right mm -hmm. it's a if if poker stars was willing to cut a check for 750 million dollars to keep themselves going they're probably going to invest I mean, even even if it was a hundred million dollars, that that would be an insane amount of research and development to catch these people. Someone's going to figure out. There's going to be some genius at some college who's going to figure out how to do this, right? Or, you know, uh, I, I I was going to say maybe there will be webcams, 
You know what I mean? And then there's, I, I don't know, there's, there's ways to get around this, I believe. And, yeah, I mean, of course that's, that, that does keep me up at night sometimes, like thinking about, like, God, man, like what if, what if someone just figures a lot of this stuff out? But, I mean, it, even in that oblique world that I don't think could really exist, there's lots of other games people can go to. You know what I mean? And then there's uh, that aren't necessarily solved. And I think that'll imp- that will improve their popularity. But I, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. This is like, I remember, I think it was like 2006, 2007, uh, everybody talking about like uh, poker tournaments are going to be unbeatable at some point, right? some point within the next year or two with these young kids, right? It's like, well, it's 2015. That's clearly not true. You know, it's a lot of people, like, it's kind of a high they get talking about conspiracy theories or talking about potential, you know, like, uh, recently I've been trying to, like, outfit my house with some new security stuff, right? So, like, I, you know, I did some research where I was, like, you know, I was trying to figure out, how I could, like, get my house a little more self-sufficient. And if, God forbid, for some reason, a Central American nation became unstable, I had some supplies ready at hand. And, like, the people, like, talking about, like, contingency plans and the crap (laughs) that could happen. And then it occurred to me halfway through somebody's, like, diatribe, I was like, this guy's getting high off this. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, this guy really likes to think of these, like, nightmare scenarios because it's a very high-tension, high-adrenaline mm-hmm. state he'll have to be in at that point. And I think a lot of poker players are really ungrateful. They're really... Uh, I, I don't think... I, I, I think they... Many poker players seem to think they were destined for much greater things than poker. Uh, you know, and then, oh, no, poker got in the way. It's, a, it, it's like, okay... Um, I, this is I, like this is kind of off topic, but it, it just occurred to me. I've never said on this podcast one day is every single poker player exaggerates their earnings, exaggerates their poker player, like every single one, right? Like you will listen to a podcast in America about like managing your money, and they'll be like, "What's your salary?" Right? And they'll be like sixty thousand. And they'll be like, okay, all right, well, we're going to have to do some maneuvering uh, to help you with that. And I'm always thinking, that's more than 99% of poker players, right? You know what I mean? But they want to sit there and act like they're these put-upon, like, uh, you know, Bruce Wayne's, like, up in their mansion that can't deal with what's happening as the world changes. And they're not sure they can get back in their bat suit to go fight it because they're so withered down all these days of because of such a hard fight they fought and you know they get high off this crap they really need mm-hmm. and like this isn't anything about jason moe or mike mcdonald or any of these people i didn't hear their interviews i don't know and i don't care i don't know what they said but i i've been hearing the conspiracy garbage forever like just everything you can imagine in poker there's collusion all the time. There's this all the time. There's this all the time. You know what I mean? You can't win anymore. Everybody, like, the one I, I still hear to this day is, like, tournaments are unbeatable. Everybody plays the same. Uh, oh. You know, everybody plays close to optimal. And I'm like, I, got, I have an EV calculator right here. I'm going to punch in what you do, 
and I'm going to show you why that's blindingly negative EV. Then I'm going to show you six training videos where that's the standard play. And then I want you to tell me with a straight face there's no more money to be made in Hold'em tournaments. I want you to do that, right? And then, and, but it's just more excuse-making, you know what I mean? Oh, it's okay, I don't apply myself to poker right now because in the future there might be bots. And I'm sure PokerStars is just going to forfeit their $2 billion in earnings per year, and they're not going to figure out this situation. No, no, I mean, it's, it, it's going to get figured out, you know what I mean? It's, uh, I'm sure there will be some tougher times, as with any industry, as it gets figured out, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they, they caught the bots the last time, and I, I don't know. I, I just don't really, you know, I... Uh, Pretty much on any site of any caliber, when I've had a problem, this is something I never see reported. It gets reported when nothing gets done. That gets reported a lot, right? I have been, I have been like, I've had people like try some things against me at, at tables, and I've reported it, and almost always something gets done. And when it doesn't get done, they really patiently explain to me why they can't really prove anything. And it was like, we don't know. It's possible they were cheating against you. It was also possible, you know, like this was just, it, it didn't look like it was much, right? And then, you know, I look at the evidence and I go, yeah, maybe I am being paranoid. It would be kind of unfair to punish them for that, you know? But like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not as worried as other people are. Like it does, you know, once in a while I'll be thinking about it and I'll go, eh, you know, God, that's yeah. not going to be fun. But it's a... Uh, I mean, it's just like, okay, one thing I think about is, like, everybody was talking about how tough tournaments are going to be. I've been playing in Vegas the last, like, five years. Poker tournaments have not gotten much tougher, okay? Like, they they get to a fruition point, and it kind of stops. There's a lot of mediocre players that never get better, never get worse, right? Mm -hmm. As long as they can kind of, you know, like, if they're professionals that can make money from something else and once in a while get a win in something, they're never really going to change their game, right? They'll get marginally better, but not nearly as much as you will get as you're studying, right? And I still, like, you know, I'll go and I'll play, like, a 5K in Vegas, like, this last year, and it's like, I still see a lot of goofy stuff. Like, a lot of goofy stuff. And then there's also just, there's so-called professional players that obviously do not understand how to range people on a turn and river like have no idea clearly mm-hmm. have made their twenty thirty thousand dollars a year from the small stakes tournaments some guy put them in a backing stable they popped off one score and now that guy has decided you can play anything you want and it's just a collection of these 400 jackasses at every one of these tournaments who still does not know how to read a river range when you're crying calling with the second nuts when the guy could be triple barreling like two pair, you really do not know how to play poker. And that's, that's supposed to be your toughest competition. That is supposed, or maybe you do know how to play poker. You should not be playing high stakes MTTs. You have no business playing high stakes MTTs. A Z Justin or a Mike McDonald will eat you alive. If that's how you think about poker. And that's how a lot of these guys think about poker. So I, you know, I just don't really buy it. I think this is more, you know, like, I don't, not, not for you. I understand your concern. I'm concerned too. Everybody's concerned. But I think the people that really talk about it, really get hyped up on it. 
I mean, it's just like, I, I, the other thing I remember is like, you can't be poker man in the United States. The tax rate is too high. It's mathematically unprofitable. And everybody would sit around, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. I'm like, what are you talking about? If your profit margin is $180,000 and you pay 60000 on taxes, you still have $120,000. You know what I mean? That would be classified as profit. I just blew your stupid pit theory out of the water. Oh, yeah, but on average you could do that. And it's like, sure, okay, show me the graph. Oh, well, I don't really have that on available. Where would you read it? Well, I, I don't know. No, no, show me the 2 plus 2 thread, the poker strategy thread. Show it to me. I want to hear it because right now what you're just doing is whining. That's always what I hear, you know what I mean, just about everything. And it's like nobody ever has their sources. Nobody ever has the graph. Nobody ever has the statistics. Nobody ever has the proof. It's just a lot of getting high on ourselves and liking to talk about poker as if it's something much more serious than it is. Like it isn't just a, a, a game that is very profitable to the people who run it and semi-profitable to the people who play it. They're trying to act as if, and it's not. Okay, mm -hmm. I, I'm gonna go like throw something through a window. That's it. <laughs> so you're really saying I'm gonna go throw up? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm gonna go throw up, man. The, th the thing is, I think the bigger thing that could be in terms of bots or uh, programs, computers that are playing against and like making great decisions and making money that way. I think the bigger threat to like the game could be is if the rec if enough recreational players believe that and yeah, that became yeah. like. That became, whoa, that's point. accepted. Yeah, like, oh, like, you can't play online. You're playing against bots and computers, and you can't, you know, beat them. They make perfect decisions, and, you know, they don't tell whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm going to stop playing online. Then that would affect the game more rather than, I think, a bot winning lots of tournaments or cash games for that, for that matter. Right, and, I mean, there's so many subtleties in tournaments. I think it'd be really difficult for, like, I mean, I've spent my, like, uh, I mean, like, if you ask me right now, could you program a bot for, like, cash gameplay? I, I, I think I could make something workable for small stakes, right? Like, very small stakes, as long as it could read a HUD or something, right? For tournaments, it's like the player pool changes so much, you never have that much information. The table changes so much, the payouts change so much, it's like, God, that sounds hard. You know what I mean? That sounds, like, really difficult. Like, and this is from someone who's, I think I've broken down poker to be as simple as possible, and I still think it would be, like, absurdly difficult. And uh, I, I don't know. It, it, I, just, I just don't buy it. I, I just, th think of how much money these companies could muster if they really wanted to go after it. Well, he said, he had another thing. He said, uh, oh, P.S., can Alex recommend a good any... Sorry, can Alex recommend any good gluten-free recipes? I know. I'm so I'm <laughs> sorry, man. I don't get it. I don't know if it was anything on Twitch or that that I missed. Oh, he's he's messing with me. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh. No, because I went into some rant about. Oh my God, man! You are a troll. You had me pissed off. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know anything about gluten-free anything, and I I don't. You know. Oh, man, at the risk of somebody, my my boy was dating a girl who said she was allergic to gluten, okay? And my wife, ever the, she's so sweet, she went and we had to go to some specialty store in uh, 
some specialty store in Seattle to get the gluten-free crap because this was before that was a thing, right? And mm-hmm. we, uh, 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 we, we, she makes like this whole meal, right? That, and then like she got like a loaf of bread, right? Like just for everybody else, right? And the girl who was supposedly allergic to gluten ended up eating more of the bread, like filled with gluten than anybody else, right? And we realized I, this isn't a real allergy. This is something because there, there's a lot of allergies. You can't do that. Like, if you have a peanut allergy, you can't eat peanuts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, sure enough, you know, and by the way, this girl's not like a bad person. I think she just kind of got caught up in a, you know, if somebody says you feel tired all the time, yeah. And it's like, you know, if you're working 50 hours a week, of course you're going to be tired all the time. And it's like, oh, it's because of gluten. And, it, it, yeah, it is kind of heavy. Like, when you stop mm-hmm. eating it, you're going to feel a little lighter, but not, like, you know, incredible. But, no, I, uh, I was joking about how, like, it's incredible to me how in the United States, like, the, these yuppies who will always be like, is that cow-free range? Or, like, mm-hmm. I can't eat it unless it's gluten-free. It's like, where are we going to get our weed? Oh, let's go buy the cartel weed that got a bunch of kids beheaded. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Like, uh, and, you know, if you bring that up, you're such a buzzkill, right? They're like, why would you bring that up? And it's like, well, because it's true. Other than that, you know, I, I don't know why I'd bring it up. You know, it, I, I love that, like, I'm a vegetarian, man. It's good for my health. Yo, let's go, let's go inhale something through burning papers. This looks, uh, the, the, I, I think that's going to be amazing for my lungs, you know what I mean? And they always yeah. look, you know, they always look like petrified dog poop. And I actually read something the other day about so many people think they're gluten, they need gluten-free and stuff, like they've got allergies, this, this, and that, and they actually don't. It's just like yeah. a total it's a thing, like, oh, I need gluten-free, and, you know. I, 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 don't. I just did a, I, I did a double entendre there. I was like, it's a 1% thing. Literally, it's like 1%, less than 1% of the world, 0.7% of the world, has a severe allergy to gluten, and those people, like recoil at a baguette, right? Like, they're not, they can't touch gluten, right? There's a big, and it's a real big pain in the ass, and they have no idea why these people want to do this, right? Yeah. And then, and then I, I also, it's also a one percenter thing, because let's be honest, you're out of problems if you're trying to figure out how to cut out bread from your mm-hmm. life. I, I don't think people in Zimbabwe are talking about their gluten-free diets. I mean, that's just my general feeling, but... Now, it's uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Is like you don't have anything better to do. You don't have anything better to do. Like there's a lot of uh, all this stuff that's corrupted on this world in this world. And if like a very small group of people got together and demanded someone could do something about it, or got together and did something about it, they could change it. And it's like we're gonna, you know, we're gonna talk about uh. What's the other thing they love? I, I, I can't even get on this stuff anymore. It's like, yeah. you know, and I, it, 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 there's just so much. It's just, you know, the gluten-free crap. And I'm not – I had a few go through my mind, but I'm going to start, you know, I'll, I'll break the other window if I go yeah, on leave about it. it. Leave uh, it. All leave right. It. All put, right. Put, the, put, put the French stick down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let, let's do the last question. It's quite a big email, so I'm going to read it out just as it is. Right. Um, we, can, we can see. I don't even know what questions are here, so the, the, the guy's emptied his heart. 
He is anonymous, uh, right. so let, let's go for it. Uh, hi, Barry and Alex. Recently came across the show, and I love it. Worked through a lot of episodes. Excellent content and very entertaining. Thanks to the both of you. I wanted a bit of advice. Sorry for the long email and many questions. My background in short, I've run good in life, not so great in poker yet. I've always worked a job and played live cash games on the weekend for the last five years, seriously. Looking at my results and being honest with myself, I'm a decent winner at 2-5 and 5-10, but around break-even at 10-25. I just got an update thing on the computer, so I had to stop reading it there. Uh, In more recent times, having moved up the ranks at work and being married, I don't have too much time for poker anymore, but I have a deep love for the game and still play a few days a month. I listen to podcasts and study now a lot more than I play. Given my limited time to play, I've decided to focus more on tournaments in hopes of a big score. Yes, I accept the fact that this is most likely a losing proposition with a slow bleed of cash, but I don't see the merit in playing live cash that much anymore. I'm justifying it through some perverse logic. By playing cash games so infrequently, it's impossible to hit your true expectations, so each year I'll end up or down some amount pretty much dominated by variance. With tournaments, it will be a similar payoff distribution, but with a nicely skewed right tail, chance of a high score. Any comments on that? Also, I like the mindset, endurance, and competitive aspects of tournaments. I've always been into working out in yoga, meditation, long before it became trendy in poker. Also, for whatever reason, cash games are getting pretty boring, and I'm looking for a new challenge. Should I study, and what should I focus on, given my background and goals? Now, that's not the end of it, but let's sort of, like, break it. All we'll right, we'll right. break it there, and then Woo! we'll do the rest. All right. Well, the first thing is uh, I, I got the idea from the general tone of your question that this was going to be I'm losing my ass off in poker, and I don't know what to do about it. Instead, you're in a much – you're in a pretty good situation. You're doing pretty well at 510. 510's kind of – you know, that's a, if you win 100 buy-ins at 510 per year, that's $100,000. You know what I mean? That's a lot of, and like 100 buy-ins at any limit is not, like, not feasible, you know, if you grind it more regularly. Now, obviously, the problem is, and you're married, and you have a good job, and you say you've run well in life, um, I, you already have a better attitude than 99% of people, because I don't it, uh, in the words of Abraham Lincoln, every mule imagines his load the heaviest. And it, there's a lot of people that don't even have that good attitude you have, which is, I'm doing all right, you know? And you, I, that's awesome. You know, you already feel pretty good about what's going on in life. Now, uh, the main problem I see is, uh, yeah, now you're worried about, like, I only got a little time for poker, so I play tournaments. I'm kind of looking for a big score. I accept this is a losing proposition. I don't see what's wrong with this. If you have the money from your own job, it's your own damn money. You know what I mean? Make sure it's cool with the wife. You know, explain to her this is just like entering a golf tournament. You know, if I was trying to qualify for the U.S. Open, the only difference here is there's an actual chance I could beat Tiger Woods. You know, it's uh, – I would really uh, – I would really make sure, you know, you're never investing, like, too much money, though, because that can get pretty uh, – they can get pretty dicey pretty quickly. And I would talk to – well, actually, 
I would talk to your wife about just seeing if you could expand your hours, how many hours you play in poker. Um, it's not the most comfortable of conversations, but it, it, it is necessary at some point, you know. And then if you have the records and you show, like, I can win at 500 NL and 1,000 NL, you know, you can show her and then you can do some projected hourlies and stuff like that and just say, I, I would like to do this more often, you know. And uh, I, I wouldn't cut back on your job, but if, if there's some days like, you know, and there, there's also like working with her, right? There, perhaps she wanted to study something, but she took time off for the kids or what, what have you. Or for whatever reason, she had to stop doing her certain studies or something. Or maybe she's into art or something. Uh, you, you could be like, look, I want to play more poker. You want to do this. Why don't we pick a couple days a week where we're doing our respective things and we come back. Uh, I, I can say from experience, this works, this worked out pretty well for my wife and I, uh, my wife was very frustrated because she'd been, a, she, she's a classically trained singer. She has a degree in opera, like, uh, whatever the official title is, right? It's a, it's called something in Spanish, which I can't translate it no matter how much I think of it, but essentially like, uh, she knows how to sing for opera she has done that in the theaters here like the old theaters like that were built by spain and stuff like that and she wanted to do something more that was to her liking and she wasn't really you know she wasn't really finding the time to do it and i said you know and i she really felt like i have to spend a lot of time with my husband now that we're married and i was you know, and, and I'm, I pointed out, we spend a lot of time together, and I, I would really be much happier if I saw you happy. You know, like, I, and that really, I think, was the turning point for her, it was to realize I wanted to see her do well and achieve her dreams and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it's only a couple days a week, right? And this isn't the exact same situation, because maybe, like, she has practice one night a week, two nights a week, right? or whatever it is, or she has to go to the studio. And, you know, that's, I, I tag along sometimes. That's one thing is you still got to be involved. You can't just be like, all right, I shipped you out, you know, like now I'm going to, you know, go watch Sports Center. And, uh, but, you know, you know, some nights it, it's, it's good for me because I have the night to, I'm very rarely like without people, you know what I mean? Like my assistants are here, my students are here, we do this podcast and, you know, my wife was here and all that stuff. And now it's, you know, I, I got a little time to work on my own things, uh, wh whatever I was into. Right. And, uh, it, whatever that could be, you know, like I, uh, like I've had to practice, like I, I have to, like, I have a rap battle this Saturday and it used to be really hard to find time to practice because you, if you want to practice the projection, it's going to get pretty loud. And if your wife has a patient who is trying to have a relaxing massage and you're talking about how your stew hungers cocaine in the other room at full volume, that's probably not going to do it. But she had her practices and I had my time to memorize and I got my memorization like way faster this time. And it was like really good. And I, I think this is good for all couples. I tell all my friends to do this. It's like, you guys should just have your times. You go to do separate things. And I mean, and I'm not just talking work because work is work. You know what I mean? I love my job and it's still work. You know what I mean? I, whatever your job is, it's still work. You know what I mean? Oh. There's got to be something. 
I think it's almost good if it doesn't pay you sometimes, or if it's like poker, you're not really sure, you know what I mean? But I would say, you know, and now it's always a little touchy getting into this with the wife, okay? Because <laughs> at first it sounds like I need my space, which is what a lot of prick guys say before they go to bang their secretaries, you know? So you don't want to enter that realm. You want to be like, look, I just, especially if there's something she set aside to be with you, right? And it sounds like it's a pretty serious time commitment, what you guys are talking about as far as marriage. I I don't know if you have kids. That could probably be it. But, you know, you could – the other thing is you don't have to play live. You you could play online, you know what I mean? And there's a lot – a lot of times, like, if the kids are, like, six and eight, it's like, well, I just got to make sure they don't, like, go find a machete in, like, the back shed and start swinging it around. You know, I, I can play poker and, like, yell at them from afar. I know that doesn't sound very politically correct, but that is what happens for a lot of my guys. And it's like, well, you know, you can, like, play at home while you're taking care of the kids, and she goes to night school to learn whatever it is she wants to learn, you know. And then uh, I, I think that ends up, you end up getting to invest more time in your hobby. She gets more time to invest in your, uh, her hobby. Maybe she gets time away from the kids. And... Uh, the, the games, like, you can move down, too, because, like, your total investment at 2-5 no limit is $500. Uh, if you play 500 NL tables, it's the same investment. It's $500 on the table, only your, uh, your potential losses are way li- more limited. You know what I mean? Because you'd have to get stacked on every single one of them to lose 500. And the 100 NL games on America's Card Room are absurdly uh, soft. Like, there's lots of guys that are just, like, 32-4, like, sitting there limping, limp call. I think that's a good option if you can't. Because, like, getting out to the casino sometimes, you know, like, the commute's, like, 30 minutes or whatever. That's just, like, an hour off. And then if you hit traffic, it's an hour and a half. And then you have to, like, wait and line. And a lot of times if you just, you know, and also take a look at your total schedule. Like, what you do a lot. Like, uh, not... I don't know how bad you want it, but there's, if you really love poker, there, there's like, uh, like I, I really like to write, but I, uh, for a long time, like one of those things is like, I, there was a time like a while ago, I was like, I'm going to stop saying I want to write a novel because I think that's BS now. Cause if I really wanted to write a novel, I wouldn't be watching all these movies and playing all these <laughs> video games and, all this stuff, like the people who need to write, like it's like a burning desire and they will do it at Mm -hmm. any time of the day. You know what I mean? And like to my own credit, I've written manuscripts and crap that have been rejected, which is fine because I knew I sucked uh, when I wrote them. And, but like, you know, it's one of those things like people tell me they want to be a poker player, but they can't find the time. And I'm like, you know, Hey, uh, did you, did you see, (laughs) We'll do a callback. Have you ever watched the show Prison Break? Yeah, I watched the whole thing. That's 90 hours. You have, <laughs> you have the time. Like, uh, or, you know, uh, what, uh, you know, like, no, I, I mean, it drives me nuts in today's culture because everybody's so put upon. Not saying this is you, du- uh, I was going to call you Dupont. I get, that's everybody's name now on this show. Everybody, <laughs> everybody's Dupont. But, uh, and I don't even care if that's not the pronunciation. That's what it's going to be forever now. But anyway, no, I mean, like, uh, this isn't about you. This is just in general. But 
I, you know, I, I hated in Seattle. Everybody was a writer, but they hadn't written anything. You know what I mean? And like, and I'm not, jo- I'm not saying like they wrote articles and they got published in small magazines and that's all it. Right. I mean, nothing, right. Yeah. Like nothing. And they were, and they, you know, and they would tell people they're a writer and there's a lot of people that want to say I'm a poker player and they don't play. Or if they do play, they're not really focused in on it. Or they play once a month and they go for 14 hours and the wife gets scared and then they come home broke and they tell them, yeah, yeah, you know, I made about 200, 300, you know, got it back at the end of the night, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just a little, you know, it, that, that's not really professional poker. And, it, you know, there's a lot of ways to get hours into your day. You can cut sleep. I did not particularly enjoy this. One of the reasons I spend so much time farting around now is because I did, somebody asked me about this the other day and I finally did the math. I, I, it may, I'm, maybe I've done this on the show or whatever. I was working 18 hour days as a commercial fisherman. That's 120 hour weeks. That's med school hours, right? When I came back to Seattle, I got to relax a little, which meant I went to my job for eight hours and then I would go home and I would play for eight hours. So now my weeks are like 90 hours, right? Like literally. And then sometimes they would go into hundred hour weeks. Right. And then, uh, I did it it, because there were, I would take two days off in that situation. That would be why, uh, it, it would subtract some of the days. And then, you know, when I started playing poker professionally, it was like 70, 80 hours and I'm done. You know what I mean? But, like, I cut hours from everything. I slept two hours. Uh, excuse me, two hours, two hours less. Like, I would sleep six hours instead of eight hours and stuff like that. Um, you can find the time, usually. And it's like, it really sucks because it's almost like you're physi- physio- phys- uh, physically prepared for, like, you know, it's 7 p.m. It's time to grab my martini and saddle up the sports center, you know? And then you got to tell yourself, nope, 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 back into the office. Time to grind that 100 NL. And it's a uh, – I, I don't know where you are, but, like, if you're in America, like, the time zones really work for America's card room. Like, most of the games are dying down on the dot-coms during the American night. But if you want to work, like, that nights – and it's like – and, I mean, I've had to do this with my wife, too. For a while, you know, I was like, I feel like I'm behind on my work. And I was, you know, like, hey, honey, I'm going to work some nights. And – you know, at, it, it's certainly not fun not being able to chill as much, but you do have to do it at some point. All right, what's the next part? Well, he's got, um, given, I've got a really basic question. Given that I have little experience online, I have a basic question. How the fuck do you make decisions so quickly, <laughs> even single tabling? I find, the ta- I find the time banks are just not enough. Any tips on this? <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> Oh, that's a pretty funny question. Uh, I mean, a lot of it is just getting it automated. Like you just, you you know, the answer is usually this, right? Like usually with this hand you fold is what you end up discovering. And like live, you have time to think about it for a couple seconds and then pass. Obviously with a few more tables, you don't really have this. So you just go ahead and pass in online poker, whereas live affords you the time to think. Uh, I would just, to go faster, I'd just ask yourself, generally, what do I do here? And then whatever that answer is, just do it. Because uh, until you get, you know, and once you get, like, to the point you're fluidly going through a few tables, 
then you can start incorporating the statistics. And then it, and then it's a two prong process. It's like, what do I normally do here to this statistic? Okay, do that. And then it's really hard to go that wrong from that point on. But what you don't want to be doing is, uh, there, there's a reason a lot of the, well, I mean, a lot of the old school players seem like they're thinking about everything and they have minds that can process all that stuff really quickly. My mind's not like that. And a lot of people's aren't, uh, now, in the old days, they used to just say, you're not going to be good at poker. I'm sorry. And I, I don't really think that's true because I think if you can generally do the right thing usually and you can put some hours together with rake back, you can start making some money. And, uh, I, it, again, it comes back to you just have to put in hours. You know what I mean? You've got to find – and you've got to put more in the hours. But, yeah, ask yourself what, uh, what you generally do and yeah. try to do it and then eventually you can move beyond that um there, there are a couple more but we are sort of like over the hour now and i know alex has other stuff to do yes, uh, sure. after the show and stuff and uh so do i tonight unfortunately but what we're going to do is there's a couple of little side notes he, uh mr anonymous still has so we will touch on them at the start of the next episode 63 you will be the first question out because they're a couple of things we've touched on a few times before, and if you can't wait a week, then if you keep listening to the previous episodes, you will discover some of the answers. But there's a couple of uh, little things that I think we've not discussed that are quite interesting, so we will definitely discuss them next show. Um, Alex, thanks as always for your time today. I don't think I, I think that's the first time I've thanked you actually. I think so. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And ungrateful <laughs> jerk. You know, it goes unsaid. You know, it goes unsaid. <laughs> um, that's the thing with family. You don't have to say. You know, right. that's on the right. that's on the office yeah. when uh, the British office they're trying to get him to apologise. <laughs> they're, they're like, "Are you going to apologise to Tim?" And he's like. Don't have to. That's the thing with families. You, don't, you know. <laughs> amazing line. Yeah, it's so good. Um, I, I actually just thought again on a tangent that show. I actually loved the American version as well. I watched the first season and thought, oh, this is just exactly the same as the British, but like awkward or because I've already yeah. seen it all and it's like, and then it went in its own places and I thought the American one was fantastic as well oh, the yeah, American right. office I is love, excellent I love the American version man I've, yeah I've it's, watched it's it, great watched that. It's, uh, it, 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 was, it was pretty weird to see Americans try to take on British humor in the first uh, yeah. the, the first season because like it just we've never seen it with our accents right so it's just like this is the most awkward thing I've seen yeah. in my entire life if you think she looks good now you should have seen her four years ago and now <laughs> once they're doing the time I love the I lo you know, go ahead <laughs> I love the one when uh, like him and Dwight go to this like other paper mill it's like a little traditional family owned one and they're trying to get it, like, closed down, like, put out of business and stuff. And they're speaking to him. And he's like that. Um, yeah. Um, so, and the guy speaking, he's like that. I was in Vietnam. And he's meaning, like, obviously the war. Eh? And he's like, oh, I hear it's lovely. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, Vietnam, I hear, yeah, I hear it's lovely. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's so, so lovely. But yeah, it's a great show. Uh, the, the last seasons, a lot of people complained about the last seasons, but I love... Yeah, by the way, we don't have time for your questions, but we have time to talk about The Office. Yeah. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, 
No, I love they were like, who are those cameramen? Oh, those, that's just a documentary crew that's been taping us for 10 years. They finally confront how yeah, ridiculous yeah. that is, right? But yeah. Okay. But no, this is this is time me and Alex would have spent after the show anyway. So as soon as the podcast finished, we just hung up on each other now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just to also remind you, Alex, I messaged you privately during the week about it. I, as it's uh, October, I've been watching tons of like, horror films and stuff. Because obviously I don't have anything better to do. I don't want to write novels, and I just admit I want to <laughs> see pictures. And I'm comfortable with that, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, watch the canal. It's a horror film based in Ireland. Um, nice. Very good for a modern horror. It was made last year, 2014. So, however you guys go about getting it, whether it's online or downloads or buy DVDs or just check out the canal. Uh, that's fantastic. And also uh, The Take, it was a ITV drama in UK, Tom Hardy's in it, and it's about like uh, British gangsters and like over, oh, a yeah, period, yeah. over a period of years, and it's only like three parts, an hour long each, I think, three or four parts, an hour long, so like three, four hours and it's done, so that one's justifiable even if you want to write a novel or whatever, yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> jump, jump in there. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what, but, have you seen Baba Duke? Baba Duke. Yeah, that I was going to talk to you about that. Um, that was fucked up. That film. Yeah, that, that was pretty messed, man. I, that was creepy. Uh, like for a mo- again, a modern horror. And without spoil, all right. Spoiler alert for Baba Duke. If you've not seen it, uh, switch off the podcast just now. Okay, that was that was the usual spoiler chance. Yeah. How screwed up is like the meaning because it's like all mental illness and shit, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, you know? it's about like grieving and. Oh, it's her. It's her. Yeah, it's her grieving, and yeah, she eventually puts it away to deal with it. Yeah, that was pretty. Yeah, well, it was really haunting. Like just watching me, because like it occurred to me at one point in the movie, I'm like, only the mother does anything bad. Like it's like, yeah, yeah. how it was mental illness. That was pretty. Uh, yeah, Duke. yeah. Duke. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. I on my own, Alex. Stop it. Yeah, yeah. No, it was like, I, I think the best horror films have something to do with reality. You know what I mean? Like, you watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it's like, well, I've never, you know, usually I don't see guys with chainsaws running around in Texas. So, you know, I mean, it's frightening, but I also can't really put myself in there. But, you know, you watch a movie like Babadook, and it's like, if you've ever dealt with anyone with mental illness, it's like, yeah, uh, those are some of the things they would say. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and uh, anyways, I guess we should wrap That's this powerful, up. that film, Babadook. Like, we should, weird. on every episode, we should talk about what movies we're watching. That's yeah, well, and books, Babadook books, books too. One. Books, we'll talk. Yeah, book books. Yeah, yeah. books are good for you. They're good. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading, uh, I got the Tony Robbins one that we were on about the money yeah, one. I got after the game. <laughs> yeah, that arrived through, I heard it like come through the door. You know how big that is. Yeah, uh, that was prolific. What else did I get? I got a couple, I got Thinking Fast uh, and Slow That Daniel. Yeah, I got that one and there was another one. What I Learned Losing a Million Dollars. It's a famous oh. trade, famous trading book. Uh, it's, it's been in like my Amazon basket for God knows how long. And like I'm working through ones I've been reading and stuff. So, yeah, I read a lot as well. So That's those are the ones I'm checking out just now. I've, but, tur- uh, I've turned into an old man, dude. I just read the newspaper every day and then I like go to bed. Like every night, like... To- 
Tell me how 1950s American this sounds. I read the Bible, then I read the entirety of the newspaper, then I go to sleep. Like, that's, like... How... We're going to flip one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is like, all he did was read the Bible and go to bed. <laughs> no, we don't understand it. Yeah. I, I think my wife was joking. Yeah, Alex is going to go read the newspaper and shake his head. I was like, now I just need my reading glasses to throw down in disgust, you know, at the coffee yeah, table. Yeah. Your walking cane as well, just, like, going out to the port. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, dude, if you invest in different things around the world, it's kind of nice having that stuff. It's like, hey, look at this country going to crap. Like, yeah. maybe we shouldn't be drafting those players. And it's like, well, uh, check it out. Hey, half of them ran off with the money we sent them. How, go figure, you know, two months later. But, like, yeah. not, not, not to – not to, they're, not, well, I mean, that is pretty bad to do, and I'm pretty sure good people wouldn't do that in any situation, but makes a little more sense when your country's crumbling, you have to run across the border, but anyhow, uh, yeah. look, this was, yeah, books and movies, yeah. next step, books and movies. Yeah, yeah, next bring step. them up, but move, <laughs> are as, uh, or as Barry likes to call it, movies and books. But yeah, yeah. he's not—he's not into the book thing. Oh, oh. Uh, I was joking. I read a lot. I just like saying like fuck books. You yeah, know, why like, why is that popular, fuck. man? Why is it like I tell kids all the time? Like I read all day. Like you want to know how to make money, learn. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've always read a lot. I put it down to like you know without getting. I like my mum used to read to me every night. You know what I mean? Wow, come uh, on. Like. Uh, well, from real young, like, that's one of my earliest memories, like, bedtime story stuff, you know what I mean? And, like, yeah, she doesn't fucking do it now, though. <laughs> 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 All right, we're, we're going to end it there. Um, and, Alex, how can people get in touch with you for private coaching, hand history reviews, your Twitch stuff, everything? Like, give us a rundown. Well, if you guys want to do a private lesson, write me at assassinocoaching at gmail.com right now, a hand history review is $150 per hour, uh, a full, like, theoretical, uh, a whole full theoretical lesson is $210, which is, I look at your database, and I hold a manager or poker tracker, I figure out what your specific leaks are, I introduce you to the material, then I send you four to 12 hours of follow-up work, depending on what you need help with, and we also have group lessons for up to five people, it's just $200 an hour, so if you and four people chop, four other people chop it up, it's forty dollars an hour. Write us at assassinocoaching@gmail.com for all of that. Be sure to do it early because uh, we're filling up pretty fast these days. And uh, check out my website pokerheadrush.com. That's uh, I mean that's kind of the fun sites. That's where all the like battle rap and all the you know trip trip reviews and like uh, strategy posts and. Uh, you know, book talk, which Barry loves so much, and uh, pretty much it's the hub, it's the main site, everything's there. Go to twitch.tv slash theassassinato if you want to subscribe, and then you can see me playing high-stakes tournaments. There's a, And if you subscribe right now for just 5 bucks, you get, uh, you can watch me win a 109 rebuy. You can watch me final table the Million Dollar Sunday on uh, America's Card Room, and I think there's like 20 other final tables you can watch right now for five bucks and i think you can cancel pretty easily so like you can you know subscribe watch all the videos you want and be done with it if you want it's just in if you favorite that channel you'll just get a notification every time i'm streaming and then you can come watch with whole cards commentary 
me talking, you know what I mean? It's a good time. And if you want the HUD, you've seen those videos, go to assassinohud.com. Uh, also go to Card Runners. It's my training website. Promo code free month, all capital letters, to get two months access to 2,000 plus videos for just $30. And if you are in Dallas this Saturday, uh, I'm going to be battle rapping. And as far as I know, I'm the main event. So uh, uh, it's, a, it's probably going to be pretty intense. Uh, the guy... I'm battling. He had kind of a tougher outing last time, and he's really got to prove himself this time. And, you know, they, they seem to up their games when it's May. Like, Plan 9's best battle, I still think, was versus May. And I think it's because it's like, oh, you know, there's more credibility in, you know, taking down the foreigner. So the dirty foreigner is showing up again. It's at 1002 West Brooklyn Ave, Dallas, Texas. That's how you know it's, you know, it's the classic because it's on Brooklyn Ave. Yeah, the event's called Russian Roulette, and there's a lot of other battles, and there's going to be free stuff, man. It's going to be America's Card Room hooked it up, Barry, man. We got free T-shirts, free, like, <laughs> it's like these free cards. Like, you get 10 free dollars on the site, free hats, free stuff like that, and it was... Uh, uh, it, it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be a good time, man. It's a huge venue. It's like a, it's like a boxing gym slash theater. That's like gotten commendations from Barack Obama and stuff like that. It's like, it, it's really fun. Yeah. But if you guys come out, you can, uh, uh, you can watch a holy war between me and my Mexican friend. It should be. And I, I imagine this battle is going to get a little testy given the political climate right now in the United States. What with Donald Trump and everything and my skin pigmentation. So anyway, yeah, yeah be sure to come out to that. 1002 West Brooklyn Ave, Dallas, Texas. Uh, uh, doors open at 5 p.m. Check that out Saturday. It's $15 at the door. Well, look forward to seeing uh, footage of that. And good luck with that, Alex. I'm sure everybody wishes you well with that. And is excited to see it. We all enjoyed the last one. I enjoyed the last one, even if nobody else did. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, I can't, I, can't, I can't speak for everybody. I love you know, those backhanded compliments. Yeah. <laughs> I got, dude, I, got, I know we're about to go, but I had a Twitter message the other day. It's like, man, I don't know why everybody on Twitch talks crap about you. You're awesome to me, man. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know why everybody hates you. <laughs> yeah. Other people yeah. say you're a jackass, but I think you're all right, man. But okay, yeah, all right. And I, I promise to Mr. Anonymous, we will answer the last two little questions you had um, as part of your email. Um, but we do have to wrap the show up, and we usually take a little bit longer as well, which is just what's happened. So until the next time, we will see you all then. Uh, go watch Babadook and the Canal. Cheers. Cheers. The dates for the next Million Dollar Sundays are locked in. Wondering what a million bucks looks like? Every Sunday in October, America's Card Room is putting $1 million guaranteed on the table. On Sunday, October 4th, 11th, 18th, and 25th, we're bringing our famous Million Dollar Sunday, a $1 million guaranteed poker tournament with a gigantic $200,000 cash prize for first place. Don't miss out on your biggest payday yet. AmericasCardRoom.com